For Nerds by Nerds Production. Hello and welcome back to the Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast. Halloween Spooktacular! I'm Josh. I am Ben. And today we are joined with our returning guest, Casey, the nerdy photographer. Hi, buddy. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Welcome back. It's uh, not since Highlander. Have you been on the show? Oh, I've discussed <laughs> Highlander on so many podcasts now. I think I'm going for the record. But you went to Scotland since then. You went to Highlander yeah. Place. Yeah, I did. I went to, uh, took a trip to Scotland. I actually found a couple of the spots, which I, yeah, I've been to Scotland before, but I actually found like the, the beach where they like run with the stag. I was just like, you know, I know I took a video for you, but you couldn't hear me because the wind was the wind was quite brisk. Uh, was a little, a little... My cousin's in Scotland right now. Oh, really? yeah, his daughter goes to school there. Oh, nice. she's been uh, going there. She like Andrew? the last four years. Oh, pff, I wouldn't know. Probably, I don't know. She's been there for four years. She's <laughs> it's doing a big a college. Job. It's uh, St. Andrews is a pretty big college. We actually stopped there as part of our trip. Um, I had never been there. Uh, and we kind of went up the east coast of Scotland where St. Andrews is and then cut across the highlands and then took a ferry up to Lewis, which is where my family, like the part of my family that's Scottish is from, which is this island off like the northwest coast of Scotland. And that's where we found those uninhabited spots that were used in the, in Highlander. But it's, uh, St. Andrews is beautiful. Not just a golf course. (laughs) (laughs) Though it's really weird when you go there and like you, it's not like a golf course here in the states. Like you just, it's like right there on the street. Like you can just walk right onto the golf course. Really, it's hmm. crazy. I, I saw it and I was like, this is just feels weird. But that's how like all their golf courses are, and a lot of them are very small. They're that is weird. There's right a the there's a town of Vermont like that yep. where uh, it's like the capital of fly fishing or whatever but there's this golf course you just drive in i feel like you drive straight through the center of it to get to town there's <laughs> golf courses on both sides uh and you can just park your car on the side of the road and just walk off into the golf course yeah <laughs> and it's like we, where it's we fantastic. stayed on in uh right before i took that uh, the my faux highlander video um there's like the place we were staying i realized as we were while we were staying there that it was on a golf course like you wouldn't know, like just looking at it, like, and then I walk out the door and I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess that is, that's a hole. And then <laughs> like, the, okay, <laughs> all right. And like, you just can't, you don't really, it's not like here where it's sort of delineated from the rest of the landscape. <laughs> I only have trees blocking me from the golf course. You can see the back nine. Yeah. Right yeah, here. Ben lives right, on, right out of a golf right course. Right on the golf course. <laughs> How's that for your windows? Like, uh, well, you know what? I've been here for three years now. We're going on three years, and I've only found like four golf balls, so I'm doing pretty good, I guess. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I have some friends who live on a golf, like right, the same way, like right back up to a golf course, and they've had like several at their house. But yeah, today Casey has brought us the Exorcist Three. We're gonna do a retro review on. Uh, me and Ben had never seen this movie before. <laughs> nope. But <laughs> Casey, what what was your first interaction with this movie, if you remember, and, and why did you it. pick this one? I I love this movie uh, for a number of reasons, but uh, yeah, the first interaction with it was as a trailer and on an old VHS in the 90s. Um, 
you know, on a rented VHS tape, I kept seeing that we, we had bought the tape from the like a blockbuster or something, and then like whatever the original movie that I was watching was, Exorcist Three was the preview. So you used to have to watch the previews on a VHS tape, and so I was like, "Wow, that looks, man, looks scary." I love the original Exorcist. It's like one of my top horror films uh, of all time. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to rent the Exorcist 3. Rent it. I loved it. It's just that they're, they're, it's weird, really interesting. There's a lot going on in this story. It's the real official sequel to the original Exorcist, not like Exorcist 2, The Heretic, which was, all right. <laughs> I get into like what this plot of this movie is about. So, studio decided they wanted to make a, a sequel to the exorcist because it was went so well and that movie like, is basically cursed if you look it up that's a whole other thing exorcist to the heretic richard burton and they they brought back uh linda blair and there's just a lot of a lot of things went wrong with that movie and like literally cursed there's like people died like horrible deaths who worked on that film they just went way over budget but william peter blatty who wrote the original exorcist wrote the book legion as a follow-up to The Exorcist, and that's the basis for Exorcist 3, which is a story about uh, a police detective who was friends with Father Karras from the original story, uh, investigating a series of murders that are taking place, and they follow kind of the, the M.O. of a dead serial killer called the Gemini Killer who was loosely based on the Zodiac killer. Um, and uh, the, the Gemini was killed by police. He was shot, like climbing a bridge, shot and killed. Bodies never recovered. Uh, so they're wondering how this guy, like anybody could be like copying him because there are things in the murders that they never released to the public. So they're like, how could a copycat know? Um, but then as he's investigating, like it, the people who are being killed start to like coincide with the Reagan's exorcism. Like people, the, the priest who brought father Karras in to do the investigation on Reagan and the exorcist is murdered. There are other people who are like another, uh, the cop who was, uh, in you remember from the original exorcist, who's like also investigating things that are going on around there. He's murdered. So, uh, the character in the movie played by uh, George C. Scott, a great actor. He comes in and he's eventually the path leads him to uh, an insane asylum. And there in the book, there are a number of possible uh, suspects that he finds in the book. There's like two doctors that he think may have maybe involved. There's this weird, uh, <laughs> patient there that nobody knows his name in the book he calls himself uh sunshine or something like that and uh in the in the movie it's just patient x or the man in cell 13 or whatever it's called um and then there's also because the fingerprints of these dementia patients are found at the crime scenes that's what kind of leads him there to begin with but they're like these people have dementia they have no idea what's going on. They're not checked into reality. Uh, there's no way they could have done that committed these murders. And, um, along the course of the 
the book and the in the film, we find out that uh, well, he finds out that he's like this guy in the cell with no name uh, looks a lot like Father Karras for some reason. Like you know, he looks almost exactly like him, and uh, he talks about serving his you know he's that says that he's the gemini killer and that he's serving his you know demon master he was given the body and uh you know he's gone on killing um i don't know if you want to go from there to get into discussion of how of the film itself but like that's like finding out that uh the gemini killer is possessing the bother body of father Karis uh and somehow committing these crimes yeah, which I did not see coming. Oh, and, but it was also, it's it, there is a really good movie in here. I think it's just yes. very oddly edited. Yes, and I think it's you can tell that it's it's written by an author and not a traditional screenplay writer because the dialogue in this movie is a lot more like a book than it is like a movie. Like there's a lot of little things that don't really make any sense. And they're kind of out of place that are filler that you would see in a book and not usually, it would usually be cut out of a movie. Yeah. There's uh, I mean, some of the dialogue is a little, it's dense. Um, And I think that that's what happened. There's, there's a lot of stories about what, like, what happened on the the production of this film because William Peter Blatty was actually directing, you know, you never like, I don't know if you've seen the, the offer the, on Paramount the, about the, the making is that the Godfather one? Yeah. It's I haven't watched it, but I've, I've, yeah, yeah I've just heard it's it. good. Highly, highly recommend, but they make a joke about like, don't hire the author to adapt the screenplay. Um, like it's just never good. Like it always ends up being way too long. You get a script. It's like 300 pages long. Um, and uh, you know, so having the author both write the screenplay and direct it, uh, I'm sure it ended up being longer than it was. But here's the thing: in the original, in the book, and the film that William Peter Blatty shot, there's no exorcism at the end of the movie. Yeah, like that stuff is all added in later. Those dream, weird dream sequence things, <laughs> all added in later With by Fabio Angels. <laughs> Fabio and Patrick Ewing as the Angel of Death. Fabio, <laughs> Fabio was fantastic. I so weird. I, I can't believe Ewing. I'm not an angel. Like, like I remember seeing that re- the first time I watched this movie. I was like, "Is that Patrick Ewing?" What? Sure was. Yeah, oh, jo- uh, George C. Scott as a as a dream basically where he's in heaven, but it looks like a train station, <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's a bunch of angels everywhere. One's played by Fabio. <laughs> doesn't make any sense the preview of harry potter you know like yeah i was just gonna say it's just like harry potter he was in a train station when he died but he's seeing that his the other guy is dead like the other the other person in the story is like that's the like angel of death is hanging over uh this person or whatever uh yeah there's a lot of weird stuff in there but it's like i think it's because the movie that william peter blatty directed originally was too long and maybe a little too dense and not as exciting as they want, as the like, studio wanted it to be. Because originally it's just like the, it's the showdown at the end is between Karis and the Gemini killer. Yeah. Like, the two of them. And honestly, like Brad Dorf, <laughs> like is 
creepy as hell in this movie. Like he's great in this movie. Wasn't he? He was in Lord of the Rings, wasn't he? Like yeah, yeah he plays Wormtongue. Wormtongue, yeah. He's also I, the I, voice of Chucky. Yeah. Oh, which when he gets a little screamy in this movie, he very much sounds it. like Chucky. He's very much yep. here. What him in the insane asylum though in the straight jacket? All I could think of, especially with his hair, is that if they had made a Spider-Man movie in the '90s, he would have been perfect to play Carnage. Oh yeah. Uh, he also, um, what else? He was in Dune, the the original movie adaptation of Dune. Uh, I thought he would have been great. Uh, he's been Grima in Lord of the Rings. I thought he would have been great as a live action Gollum. Yeah, he yeah, he, he looks a lot like Andy Serkis. <laughs> yeah, just the buggy eyes, and he's he also was in like one of my favorite episodes of the X Files, uh, which is uh, Beyond the Sea. And he plays a serial killer um, who can see dead people. And he's like haunted by the ghosts of like the people that he murdered and <laughs> like just and other dead people. And yeah, he, he's I think Brad Dorff's is fantastic. He's, he's you can't really go wrong if you need somebody. It's like casting Willem Dafoe in a lot of ways. Like you're going to get a lot out of this. There's a lot of mileage. Um, but yeah, like the ending was just this like Karis and the Gemini killer fighting over the body, like control of the body at the end. There was no exorcism that just sort of like gets thrown in because they're like, well, it's the exorcist three. There needs to be an exorcism. So they spent $4 million on filming. Jeez, <laughs> like five minutes scene. <laughs> but well, that and like the Fabio and oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. dream sequence and things. But yeah, like they got Nicole Williamson who was like, Merlin in Excalibur and uh, you know, like other people <laughs> come in there and just like, we're just going to have uh, you know, an exorcism scene in here out of nowhere with an all-star cast. Yeah. <laughs> now we have a, we, me and Ben definitely have a lot of questions about this movie that I hope you can answer. Yeah. Uh, Cause I haven't watched the exorcist a lot, so I don't have it like committed to memory. I don't but, remember the first one at all, except for the, spinning head and the puke yeah. And yeah uh the the priest that does the exorcism in this movie is he supposed to be a character from the first movie no he's not yes yeah. he's like he's just like an outsider he's like the only person they have around who you know like has done an exorcism um the two priests in the beginning in the first movie are uh father Karras, who's the body that's possessed they got the same actor from yeah. the original to play um him and Father Dyer, who was played by Max von Sydow, yeah, he's the guy who's like the you know the silhouette when you see the you know, on the cover, he's like walking up to the house. Um, he's the exorcist, and Father Karras has never done an exorcism. He's just an investigator for the church. And Max von Sydow, who's like forty-two in that movie, and they make him look like he's eighty, right? Which is why you think, God, did Max von Sydow live to be a hundred? Yeah, yeah, he lived another sixty years. <laughs> So yeah. who's the who's the priest that went down the stairs? That's Father Karras. Okay, is it the same actor that played yeah. him old as he yeah. did in the cell? Yep. So he's supposed to be the same guy. He he's is supposed to be like his reanimated corpse face. All right, all right. See, yeah. I did pick up on that, but I didn't know. I was like, is that really the guy that fell down the stairs? Well, it's a little confusing considering he starts as An Brad Dorf and then yeah. transforms <laughs> in, right. back into the priest. Confused, and like, and then he's like, oh, you're. Like the, they didn't really set that up properly. I feel like they, like it could have been like you get the voice, but then he like turns and like you're like oh is that 
Damien Karras? Yeah, he's like, it looks that looks like uh, Father Karras, and I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> right, I think that's the way it was. Like that, that I think is somehow they did something afterwards to try to like, oh, we're gonna make this spookier because Brad Dorf first is gonna be like creepy, um, and instead of like we're giving it away, like that it's Father Karras. It, you know, as soon as you see him. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, he's supposed to be like Father Karras chose to let the demon that was in the girl in the first, in the, in the exorcist possess him. And he throws himself out the window because he's like, I'm going to, you know, kill myself to like, so that sacrifice myself. So in this movie, it's that Pazuzu, the, the demon that possessed the girl in, in the exorcist, has given this body to the Gemini killer to possess, to like continue their work together. Um, and they like over it said, he says, you know, it takes him, it took him years just to like reanimate the corpse and, you know, get started and, you know, build all the, the muscle tissue and the neurological connections. Like when Brad Dorf get, get digs into that whole, process i you know it's just like oh this is mm. yeah his monologues are very disturbing yeah especially because he's cr- like creepily crying while still smiling the whole time yeah. and he's got like snot running out of his nose it's very he's weird very gross and creepy yeah, <laughs> you know what's even creepier about this is that uh the there was an uh, like an a feud well not i don't know feud whatever there's the Zodiac killer wrote in one of his letters that the, the exorcist was, uh, the, like basically a a joke. Like it was so funny or whatever. And like William Peter Blatty, like wrote things like back to the Zodiac killer. Oh Jesus. And basically like like saying like, well, you know, whatever. And then based this character on the Zodiac killer. It's like, it's, which makes it really, really uh, creepy on a different level. And then uh, this movie went on to be Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite movie. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say they featured it what? in Dahmer. I haven't watched it yet. Oh God. They're featured because it's his yeah. favorite movie. He would like play this for his victims yep. to like get himself in the mood for murder. Yep. Oh, well that kind of makes sense. When yep. you think yeah. about some of the aspects of this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Brad Dorf's monologues are like, get under your skin and like make you feel a little uncomfortable um especially because by like the the murders and you're like oh because they don't show you a lot in this movie like a lot of this is like and it's part of why i feel it's why i feel it find it scary like i don't need to see somebody you know cut somebody else up you kind of like give my brain the the instigation and i'm going to be like, my brain is going to make up something far worse than I'm probably going to see on screen. I don't know how yeah, you guys they didn't show a lot of blood and gore. It was all mystery. No, yeah, it's, it's all, it's a very much a, a whodunit and they throw paranormal shit into it. <laughs> right. And yeah, it's, it's, I think the original movie and especially the book are more along the lines of a, you know, a murder mystery. And, you know, who did this? And, like, you only really find out in the book, like, really towards the end. And, you know, you're still wondering if it's, is it 
one of these doctors? Is it, you know, like any, and things play out much differently in the book, but they really kind of zeroed in on, oh, well, you know, it's going to be the, the, the exorcism. Like, that's only a very small part of the end of the book. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, that, and there are some great, what I would call jump scares, I guess, kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah. There are some scenes where you just don't expect something to happen at the moment that it happens. Mm-hmm. Like when that nurse is checking the rooms because yep. she's hearing noises. That is my favorite. And you, you keep expecting something to happen. You keep expecting something to happen. And then the second you don't expect something to happen. Right. This like mummified figure comes out with these oh, giant shears chasing right behind her and the music is so creepy. It was very effective. That, right. that scared the living pee right out of me. <laughs> it it still gets me and I know it's coming. <laughs> like I, every time I watch that movie, I'm like, I know that it's going to happen. And then it's like, but then it, it, the time it's the timing because it just like, you keep thinking, Oh, it's going to be this time, you know? Oh, it's going to be this moment. Oh yeah. Didn't happen. Like, and, Oh, there it is. Oh, good. Yeah. Like, and again, doesn't show you any. You don't see anything. It's all left up to your own like imagination as to what happens. And that's just like the music is spot on and it's a long shot. Yeah. And that's something you rarely see in a horror film. Like something happened. I think and I think that's what makes it kind of and it zooms in a little bit, but like, you know, it starts out, it's just that long shot down the hallway. And I think that uh, that's that's a lost art in in horror film of like having things happen kind of far away from you, and you're like, oh, oh god, like what's happening over there? Like that's uh, you know, you're kind of distanced from it, but you're left, your imagination is left to make up the distance. So what is what is actually happening here? The the Gemini killers possess the the priest's reanimated body. Yes, but then he's leaving that body and taking over the bodies of dementia patients to kill because it's an open ward and they can get out. What about the people that are killed outside of the hospital? Like the priest and the little boy. Oh no, he's using them to leave because it's an open ward for the dementia patients. They can Um, come and go. They they can get out of the building. Yes. They can leave the building. So they leave (laughs) and go kill people and then come back and then then have no memory of it. Right. Right. What about the, the old statue lady. of Jesus that eyes open? <laughs> <laughs> that was my next question. Did not expect that to happen right in the opening Ooh. of the film. Uh, yeah, I think that's just like some sort of like, oh, this is paranormal. Oh, this is supposed to be spooky. It was uh, so weird. <laughs> it was creepy and weird. It looked yeah. like a cartoon. I've come to take a little blood from your father. Yeah, um, gross. And there's this whole thing in there that he's like, in the book, it's a little clearer. I think that, um, like I said, he's serving the demon. Like the Gemini killer is serving the demon by going and killing these people who helped get him exercised in the original exorcist. But there are others that he's like, Oh, I had, that was for me. Right. He's like, he's like, Oh, that one, like he let me have that one. Like the boy that he crucifies on a, the pair of oars or whatever. Yeah, um, is, cuts his head off and replaces it with a statue's head. Yeah, they panned that statue a lot every time somebody was dying. They'd go to that statue with no head. Yeah, which yeah, is because of the cutting heads off. Apparently, was you know a little. So that's what we were move. supposed to. Yeah, that's what we were supposed to take from that. Was every time somebody died, 
and they pan to that statue without a head, we're supposed to assume that the person died without a head. Yes. Okay. All right. I think that's the symbolism you're getting there. It was weird because instead of showing us the murder, he just said, here's a picture of a decapitated Jesus. You know what happens next. You you know what that means. You, you know. You're, 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 you're pretty clear what, what's going on there. Um, that scene with the shears inside his house with his oh, daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With that little old lady. Uh, old yeah, lady. I swore he that's got the daughter who, there. Yeah. Who? Just a little Nick. Just a little Nick. Oh, God. Little, those shears are scary. And what type of bag was that? She had like a purse and she pulls out like a six foot pair of shears. It was uh, the Mary Poppins <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. carpet bag. <laughs> it's magical. I just happened to like show up here with my, you know, like giant, uh, like, they're, uh, uh, what is the word? When you examine a dead body. Um, can't think of the word. We're gonna do an autopsy. Yeah, they're for like cutting limbs off. Like that, that's what they're designed. They look like those loppers you use on your tree. Yeah, <laughs> like to like get an errant branch. But and oh, that guy, the guy that operated those and showed him how those work. Yeah, Clink. <laughs> who is that guy? That's uh, Herschel from The Walking Dead. That's right. Yeah, I was like, God, I know this face. That was, a, that was a very weird scene. <laughs> yeah, Herschel from The Walking Dead, he's a lot younger in this because it was 1990, but you can still tell by his eyes. Yeah. And there's that weird scene where he's in his office and he's written down what he wants to say to the police officer. Yeah. And he's like trying to memorize, like he's giving a speech. I was like, what yeah. the fuck is he? I assume in the book there's more, is he the killer? Yeah. He's, he... one of, he's one of the like suspects. Yeah, because that is not conveyed at all. In the movie, except for that scene where it looks like he's trying to cover his ass for some reason. Yeah, because he's worried that, I mean, there's a lot going on in, in the book where he, he's dying. Like, he's got a terminal disease, and he knows, and he's not treating himself at all. And he's kind of let some things slide, and I think he's worried that, you know, oh, what if one of these people did get out and kill somebody? And, uh, you know, he, he's, he is trying to cover his ass. In the movie, he's just oddly chain-smoking cigarettes. Well, it seemed to me like he knew that this guy was possessed and he was sending people out. And that he had to to convince the cop that it it was all somebody else's idea. Yeah, that scene is a little weird where he's just like, oh, by the way, we do happen to have a John Doe in the crazy ward that just happened to start talking when these murders started happening. Yeah, I think he knew more than he was letting on and he was trying to hide it. That's how I read it. But I didn't read the book, so I don't know. I mean, it's been a while since I've read the book. In the book, as I recall, that he's he's concerned. He's like, there's, but it's kind of like left for a while. Like you don't know if he's just like trying to pass this off on a crazy person. Like say, like, oh, is he killing people? And he's trying to like blame, like, oh, you should look at this guy because he's he's nuts, and he says he's the Gemini killer. I do think Uh, it was written in there for misdirection. I think they were trying to the way it was yeah. filmed was like oh maybe that maybe this guy's killing people my guess is that there's more on the cutting room floor of that character yeah probably uh, yeah and and like that kind of leads you to because hey think about how long the, this movie like to get that whole exorcism scene in there you what are you cutting out like to fit into the the runtime of this this movie like what have you cut out of the rest of the film um yeah, four million dollars they spent on that. The budget for the whole film was eleven million. Um, he spent That's like, huge for that that 
that time mm-hmm. of year. That I mean that nineteen ninety, yeah, yeah, that's eleven million dollars big for a movie budget back then. Yeah, I mean, and especially because it's not like effects driven or anything like that. But like, except really... for the revolving room, like they put in every horror film. Yes, but I think this is like where. <laughs> oh, sorry. There's a there's a lot going on there, and they they, they a lot of it was building the set because you've got Father Karras on the cross rising up out of the like the 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 floor. <laughs> like it's it's great imagery, yeah, but it's also like they spent you know, a huge chunk of money on that, and I think that they had originally spent their money on more of a, you know, supernaturally tinged murder mystery. Um, and with, with the, the finale, like the twist being like, Oh yeah, it is a guy who's possessed. Um, as opposed to, I think they went back and, you know, did it differently. And then he goes full on Palpatine on the dude <laughs> with the lightning. Yeah. He gets Sith eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh no. He could be a Sith. He's not a demon. He's a Sith. We we, we misread this whole movie. Yeah, this is like this, it was a long time ago. It doesn't mean that you know they couldn't still be around. You know, it's a the galaxy far, far away. They've, they've had time to travel and get, and get here. Um, yeah, there's a lot about the you know. Then you have like this whole series of films, the Exorcist. Like you have like the the prequel that they tried to do with uh, Stellan. Skarsgård um, as Father Dyer from the original, like the first movie, like first meeting the demon in Africa while he's there, and that and having and there's like two versions of that movie. Again, one by the original director, one by like another director who came in and like reshot some stuff and re-edited it. It's uh yeah, there's th- these films have a history of difficulty after the original one. Yeah, it is. This definitely got chopped up a lot, even like, even just besides the ending being changed. Like, there's definitely like dialogue must have been cut, and like, because there's that scene where the Gemini killer is giving that monologue, and George C. Scott's sitting across the room from him on the bed. And then instantly he's standing in front of him and slaps right. him in the face. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, you didn't even show him get up, you didn't show him standing. Like, yeah. That didn't make any sense. And George C. Scott was not the most uh, nimble uh, <laughs> yeah. guy at that point in his career. Yeah, uh, you would never see that these days. You'd never see what looks to be a 67-year-old man be your protagonist still on the force. I mean, he was probably only 50 at the time, but he looked a lot older. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, on the, on the back stretch of, of, uh, of George C. Scott's career. He was great. I thought he was great in the movie. I don't know. Yeah, oh yeah, he's fantastic in the movie. It's just you would not see an like a kind of an elderly lead character these well, days. Well, he's I mean, honestly, when you think about like you've always got like Danny Glover saying, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah, like, like I would expect George C. Scott to say that and I believe it in this. He embodies movie. it in this yeah. movie. When that that I scene where he's the cops driving him to his house. He's having like a heart attack the entire time. It's <laughs> like grabbing him's chest and <laughs> wild eyed, just sort of like, eh, to... yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, gosh, when this came out, Campbell Scott was already acting like his son was already like a lead in movies. So I mean, I can't imagine how old. I mean, well, he died nine years later. Like he's pretty old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is post playing Scrooge too. Like this is like he's pretty old at this point. 
in his. Yeah. I was expecting a goose. I don't know why. <laughs> Go give it the biggest Christmas goose. Afterwards, to feed to the little old lady that's gonna chop your daughter's head off. That's crawling on the Appease ceiling. Appease the demon oh, on the ceiling. Yes, I, was, <laughs> I wanted to give that. Was the, that moment when you first see, and you're like, oh shit, the creepy old lady on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah it was fantastic. Wasn't that was expecting my it. favorite scene. She, yeah, like that, that whole thing. You're like, uh, what? Like <laughs> that, that's a, it's scary, and you're also like, what? Oh, oh god, it is the old people. That's when it got to supernatural for me. Yeah, finally, I thought it was very wordy, uh, a lot of lot of talking, which most movies about any type of uh, demonic possession or, or religious beliefs like that are a little very wordy. And then they have the jump action and then it goes back to being wordy again. So seeing her in the ceiling really broke it up for me. I think that what you're seeing there is like in the original movie, like there's a lot that happens before the exorcism. But it's also like, you know, you're getting the the scary stuff from Regan in a lot of ways. And there's just like horrible things that happen along the way leading up to the it's it's sort of it's I think it's balanced better. And I think that's why The Exorcist itself, like the first one, is overall a much better film because it's it has a more like the, the pacing of it seems better because you have like oh this is scary oh we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on oh this is scary and it builds and the tension builds to the exorcism at the end i feel like this movie the pacing is they're like i love it because they moments like i said still genuinely scare me the amazing performance by brad dorff and other things in here and like those but it does feel disjointed very it feels like the pacing is not right. Like, like, like there were things that maybe got cut out or like moved around. Like the time, like the timeline may have gotten moved around, like the, where the, when the murders were taking place, like, I don't know. It just feels like it, it's not, it, it's not paced well. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> I mean, had a hard time following it and understanding what was happening in certain scenes, but it all in all ended with the, Oh, I get that. I got it. It took me a while, but I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, everything I had read had kind of complained about the ending, but I was fine with the ending. I thought it was it was decent, especially effects wise. It was really good. Yeah, I mean, I thought that the ending is really powerful. Whatever it, is, it builds, it builds it up to a bigger sort of denouement at the end. Like, and and it just ends. It just ends. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's much like the original movie. Like he jumps out the window. It's over. There's a little bit of follow up there, but like this one. It's like, nope, shoot me. And, and that movie is over. Um, and I think that my guess is that the film's producers like added that exorcism in there because they were like, okay, this was just a, the end scene, like the big you know, end sequence is just two guys talking in a room, like arguing with the demon. You know, like it's just like, it, it didn't really, I maybe didn't have the, dramatic impact that they <laughs> were hoping for. Well, and it's barely an exorcism. I think the setup of it is cool because like, like we said, the old, the old lady dresses as a nurse and goes to the police officer's house to kill his daughter. Right. And is stopped. What am I doing here? But then the lady like collapses, like the demon is like getting pulled out of her body because the 
priest is showing up at the hospital to do an exorcism. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, like, I don't know that that's what they originally planned, but like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, uh, that's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the, the priest comes in, which I feel like there, there must've been parts to his story that got cut because he just kind of shows up out of nowhere. The only time we really see him is, is he's just kind of sitting around lamenting. Like you don't know anything about him. Really? He is completely invented for that scene. Yeah. That is not, it like doesn't exist at all. Like anywhere else. It doesn't come from the book. Like I said, the producers completely make that up just and they're like oh he's actually committed uh, performed an exorcism before and like it's sort of like ooh, like we're gonna get him to go in and perform an exorcism so if he's just uh, like throwaway line earlier which from a reshoot as well okay so he was in earlier he was in they showed him i feel like he was watching everything unfold from afar and then finally said i've had enough of this shit i'm gonna go in right that's but how I, I that's how I read that character. Yes, I think that they but it's it's so minimal because I think again, it was like tacked on after the original filming <laughs> was done. Like and they were like, okay, well we got to add this character in. We got to like make it make sense like he so he's just not like showing up out of nowhere at the end. We're going to throw in like a couple little things and we'll mention here and there and it's just, you know so that it, you know people know who he is when he shows up at the end. But I thought that was such a cool scene, the the exorcism scene where he's he starts yeah. to do the exorcism and like the the demons making things like appear like the, the we cut to the yeah the wide shot and the rooms on fire and there's king cobras everywhere. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? No wonder Indiana it costs four million dollars. And then he flings him up to the ceiling and starts ripping all his skin off. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was gross. Yeah, like his head is like stuck to the ceiling. and he's like, His yeah. face peeled off, his back peeled off. Yeah, it was oh, awesome. He was a bloody mess. Yeah, but he still comes back at the end. Yeah. yeah. A yeah, little George, bit more. Don't ask me how he survived. <laughs> yeah, George C. Scott shows up and finds the basically dead priest and blood on the ceiling. And he's just like, all right, fuck That's this. Fun. I'm going to shoot you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna you walk know, in this bloodbath and say, "Hey, yeah." Up? Now, Bill, do it now. Shoot me now. Um, yeah, he gets like stopped until the priest is like, "No, no, I'm still alive. Here's my here's my crucifix. Let me get here. this out of you a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna help you out." Um, and then yeah. Father Karras's soul kind of like breaks free a little bit and is like, "All right, I got him at bay. Like, kill me, <laughs> kill me, shoot me now, Bill. Shoot me." Um. Yeah, it's a, and it's that like between. I'm pretty sure Brad Dorf does the voice of the demon as yeah. well. Uh, I mean, you know, I think it's, it changes a little bit, but I'm pretty sure it's the same. It's like it's just like it still creeps me out. Probably, I don't know when this came out. It's been, it's been at least 25 years. At least yeah, years this came out in '90. Uh, I probably saw it. 93 94 for the first time and yeah it's still it still gives me chills a little bit um, i'm i must have seen the trailer because i've seen the doors fly open at the beginning in the church i've seen karis's creepy sith eyes look up at the camera <laughs> like i've those <laughs> those are definitely looked familiar zool eyes <laughs> i've definitely seen the trailer but i've never never had then uh, unfortunately, those movies never really interested me growing up, so I didn't 
I didn't seek it out to watch it ever. <laughs> I watched the first one maybe twice in my entire life. Well, uh, it was, also came out in a time period where it was all pretty much all all horror sequels were bad. Yeah, I think it stands out in that sense that it's not. Yeah, most horror sequels were just were extremely low budget. You're talking about like, is all like Freddy, Jason. You know, we're just trying to like cash in on a yeah, a franchise, and we're just going to throw another thing in here. I think that this was <laughs> where there's not really a thoughtful continuation of a series. It's just like we're going to make up the the lore as we go along, and it's going to you know. Oh, Freddie can do this, and you know Jason somehow made it to New York City, and you know, all <laughs> sorts of things. And it's going to be well, Jason takes Manhattan is one of the most hilarious of the uh, <laughs> Friday. The Such a piece of shit. It is. <laughs> oh, I thought you loved that one. No, I hate that movie. <laughs> but it's hysterical. I think it's. I think it's funny. Oh, um, yeah, it's fun to make fun of. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad in like a in a way you can laugh at it. The, but I think this was an attempt to do a thoughtful sequel to a, a classic horror film, and I think that it succeeds in some ways. But like I said, it, it's rough. It has it has a lot of rough edges that kind of you know could have used some polishing. And I think that they went and spent a whole bunch of money on that uh, exorcism sequence, and not necessarily thinking of how they were gonna work the rest of the movie because like you said there's just like parts where there's like looks like there's just something missing and continuity it's like wait how did he get to that other side of the room like that just uh he didn't walk um he's just magically there and george c scott can teleport yeah Uh, i think you could you could definitely work some magic and make like a fan edit of this that is a little more coherent and, and easier to watch yeah, I mean, I think that it, it it needs some love. I think that probably in the time that they didn't want to spend any more money or time on it at that point, I think that they had already dumped a lot into it as far as the budget and everything. So, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I just, I, there are just elements of it that will always get me. That long shot of, with the nurse always going to get me it's all that was one of the most frightening parts of that entire film yeah was that jump scare and you see you don't see that a lot anymore but i don't really like well, ghost face, how how ghost fast it happens the only thing that's done that she I walks think. out of that room and immediately like a room she just looked into and then right. immediately this thing comes marching out of the room maybe it yeah. dropped from the ceiling <laughs> yeah is you know somebody who's one of the creepy you know ceiling people uh, ceiling crawlers but so. who who was which character was it that that was that was it the know, old lady one of the patients one it of looked the patient. like a top yeah i mean was it, it... Like it's wrapped up but it's a shroud it's actually if you because it happens so fast it looks like a mummy but it's actually yeah. like somebody who was like laying under like like a sheet or something yeah. under a sheet you know yeah. and they just come out marching out it's so i need to i need to we need to watch it and like ultra slow-mo and you can't <laughs> right, identify yeah. it. So fast. and it happens so fast that's why it like gets you and you're like ah you know like it's not like a a normal sort of jump scare where it's like oh you know, and and then you kind of like sit in the moment for even a second it just happens like it's like less than a second and it's over and you're just like left to sit with it again mentally like you, you imagine what happened and it's i think what also makes those like 
you get descriptions of the murders after they've happened and you're just like, uh, uh, and they drove what under his eye into his eyes. Um, yeah, and they did what? Um, and so that you're left to, and it's the reactions of the characters who are seeing the bodies. And you're like, it's really like George C. Scott, like seeing the kid, you know, like you, I think at the beginning, you don't see it, but you like see their reactions to these grisly murders and, and and that kind of like again it let it leaves it to your imagination and i don't think we get a lot of that anymore yeah i say scrap the scrap the paranormal stuff just give me a gemini killer movie because that's that stuff is very interesting <laughs> yeah i mean and like it's uh that we have i think that that's what it originally was i think it was just like him like, and at the end he comes in and like he has a couple of conversations with this like you only realize that it's Karis kind of at the end I think is how it was originally shot. You're going in there and you're seeing like Brad Dorif and and then at the end you're kind of like oh he like gets this realization that it's you know this guy is possessed. No. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, I do not uh, I don't have that much information on like the behind the scenes of it but like what I do it, it sounds like you know the producers came in and like this is too much of a you know investigation movie and not you know for the yeah. exorcist it's not basically like it's called the exorcist you can't not have an exorcism <laughs> right like, yeah you gotta have some getting paranormal stuff going on you gotta have somebody talking in a creepy voice while they're presenting. absolutely i have a question though why sure. was why was the nurse such a bitch and she even said she was <laughs> yeah but she is what, very what nurse cratchit for being so bitchy <laughs> She, she could have cooperated with the cops and not been that much. It's like, I was just asking questions, man. Just back mm, off. She's no basically idea. screaming at all times. She was just mad. Like, what's wrong with you? No idea. No idea why that character is written that way. And she she calls herself out on it, too. Yeah. I'm a bitch. And I'm like, I okay. I'm yeah, we, we know. You don't have to tell me. We we got that. But Why? Who, who pissed in your Cheerios this morning? <laughs> yeah, that scene where they think it's the the possessed nurse and they turn the lights on and it's that nurse. And she's like, what is wrong with you? I can't wait for you people to leave. <laughs> like, and it's like, yeah, difficult. What are, you, what are you doing delivering toys to a sleeping child in the middle of the night? Like, that's creepy. Like, don't act like you're innocent here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're doing some weird shit, lady. What were you doing? <laughs> Can you hold on a second? That was not. There's something off about you two. Hold on. <laughs> I was thinking they were going to come back to that, but mm-mm. nope, didn't happen. Yeah, it's sort of. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's. Uh, I don't know. My my thought on that is like Army of Darkness. Like when he like sticks his hand in the book that bites him. <laughs> <sighs> I'll come back to you. Yeah. I thought she was going to go all Nurse Betty on people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just start killing them herself. Yeah, she looked like a killer. <laughs> She did. I think I think most of this, if you if you look at it, like they pointed the finger towards her and then she dies. And they point the finger towards uh, I don't think she didn't die though. Did I thought that's Is that who who was killed on the ground? That was the nurse that the that demon thing came out of the yeah. room at. Yeah, I think that that's Is that who that was yeah. supposed to be? Yep. 
Uh-huh. And then yeah. the guy with the no, because reading... then that part's after the toy part is after that. Oh yeah, because oh. the older nurse. Yes. Yeah, this is a younger. Oh, so it's just a regular nurse. Yeah, it was just some off-screen nurse we didn't see killed in an office in front of a room full of people. Well, then right. that just blows my theory right out of the water, and I'm sorry for wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe my. it was maybe it was the nurse uh, that killed the other nurse. Um, hey. <laughs> And framed framed the gem. Yeah, it was the demon. Was dressed in white. <laughs> uh, I don't know who did it. I'm going to have to watch it frame by frame. Yeah. Uh, Casey, I'll what would you rate this out of five? Out of five, I'd give it a solid four. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, Effects-wise, it's great. I think story-wise, like I said, there's a good movie in here. It is just kind of, this was fucked up in the editing. I too many cooks in the kitchen type of situation. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Yeah, I think that that's definitely the case. And I, I don't know that the original movie that William Peter Blatty created would have been better. Um, I just know that, yeah, it, it does seem disjointed. I'd give it a four. I don't know. What about you? What are you giving it? Uh, yeah, I'd probably give it like a 3.5. It was, I, was, I don't regret watching it. I enjoyed watching it. And there's definitely some some cool stuff in it. So, no yeah. regrets. No regrets. Yeah, no regrets. Ben, oh, yeah. what about you? That stands up. Um, I I didn't like this movie at all. So I'm gonna say about two point five. Yeah. The only good thing there was like one or two like pop moments that got me, like the jump scare with the nurse and then the lady on the ceiling. But other than that, uh, I couldn't follow it very well. So <laughs> yeah, it's hard to follow. It just it just yeah, didn't it's... it didn't peak my. I mean, it's hard to follow and not in a. It's too sophisticated for me type of way. In a, this doesn't really no, make a lot of sense. No, it's just so all over the place. I was like, uh, what? And yeah. then the lightning at the end. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that scene was really cool. It was the cool. Floor, but floors like exploding. Extremely like Ghostbustery. So yeah, it's great. It's like I don't know. Here for <laughs> yeah, ghosts, exorcism, demons. Yeah. yeah so like, I don't know. Not my cup of tea, unfortunately. But I watched it and. You know, I didn't shut it off. That, <laughs> that means I made it through the whole thing. Each their own. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's the, uh, yeah, I think it's just the, uh, I felt like it's also, I love the original so much. Like, it, the, and to my wife's chagrin, because I commonly will do like the demon voice, and she's just like, shut the fuck up. Like, it's, now you have to do it. Let's give us some. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know uh, what she did? Your cunting daughter. You say that every time your your mother-in-law leaves the house? <laughs> no. Um, oh, my God. But I did do it once like when she was falling asleep. And I, and I know she like is really scared by the movie. And I was like, mother sex cocks in hell. She was just like, fucker. Like, I'm never going to sleep now. I'm like, yeah, whatever. That was, that, was, that, was, that, was a payback. that was a payback for me. That wasn't like... You know, I was getting her back for something, but you know. <laughs> um, but she's just like, yeah, don't do that voice; it just creeps me out. <laughs> but Only I will do it say, at night with the lights off. That's yeah, exactly like she was falling asleep, like head on the pillow, eyes closing, and I was just like, <laughs> I'm just gonna, you know, blast you with the the demon voice. Um, yeah, and my wife would kill will say me. like in the original, like because. Oh, that whole thing is uh, because Father Karras' mom had died recently, and like he, they also do the he does the voice of his mother, like "Why, Demi? 
why <laughs> you do this to me? And I will often do that when my wife will do something and be like, why do me? like, don't, don't start. I'm like, it only escalates from there. It only escalates. From the noise. <laughs> don't go down that rabbit hole, man. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to warn you. Yep. Well, I know. I, I, sometimes I, I don't do what's in my own best interest. I'm like that at work. <laughs> and we'll end on this question because I've been asking all the guests this question. What is your favorite scary movie? I would say The Exorcist is definitely probably the top one um, because of the just uh, all of the stuff that goes into it. Like I said, I think it gets just very so well paced and the things that just sort of like creep you out and uh, the end, the the end, the the exorcism at the end is just like it's it's classic. It's classic for a reason, and I think that that's it's definitely in my my top, that my go to if you ask me for my favorite horror film. Also related to a serial killer because there's a serial killer in the movie. <laughs> yes, one of the one of the doctors in the uh, when Regan goes to the hospital in that movie, one of the like male nurses pushing her gurney turned out to be a real life serial killer. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a year later, they found like 12 um, bodies in his basement or something holy, like that. Yep. And like I said, the, the, the real life connections to the Zodiac killer in this one, in the exorcist three. And it, like people like got like dug into William Peter Blatty for like his engagement of the Zodiac killer. Like he just sort of like, <laughs> Like you don't engage a serial killer. Yeah, he's lucky he didn't get caught. Yeah. <laughs> but hell yeah, Casey! Thank you for bringing this to us, and thank you for coming on the show again. It's always anytime, a blast. Anytime, happy to do it. We're gonna well, have to, you know, get together again soon. Absolutely. Why don't you tell people about your show and where they can find you online? Oh well, the Nerdy Photographer Podcast is uh, mostly a informative and uh, fun photography and business related podcast in some ways, but it also has a large sci-fi comic book bent to it. And I've also begun doing a series of what we call nerd quests, where we delve into nerdy things that I have always enjoyed. And uh, you can find us online at nerdyphotographer.com or nerdy photographer podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms or on any of the socials, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram at the nerdy photo. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find this show on Twitter, FMB and Podcast, or on Facebook and Instagram, FMB and the number four in the letter U. And we will be back very soon with another spooky episode. But until then, I'm Josh. And I am Ben. And this is the Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast signing off. Stay nerdy.